Hi everyone and welcome back to the Aviation Spotters Podcast. I am your host, Colin. Today we're back to regularly scheduled programming and back talking with spotters. Before that though, I hope everyone listened to and enjoyed last week's episode with John all about cameras and the setups. I hope you learned just as much as I did, because I learned a lot. I do want to give him a quick plug real fast, as he never got to tell us his Instagram. So John's John's Instagram is 10th underscore street underscore media. So that is 10th underscore street underscore media. So please go and check him out. I will also be posting a link to his Divids Hub in his episode, because it is a mouthful to say on the show, and I really don't feel like saying it on here because it's just way too long and confusing. Anyways, let's get to the interview. This week's guest is a member of the Full Disc Aviation team and was an essential part to help start this podcast, the Aviation Spotters podcast. He takes some absolutely remarkable photos, and it is my pleasure to introduce the next guest on the Aviation Spotters podcast from Wichita, Kansas. Mr. Nick Moore. Nick, how are you doing this evening? I am doing just dandy. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you for coming on the uh, Aviation Spotters podcast. And more importantly, uh, I you were the one who really helped me set this thing up. So without you, the Aviation Spotters podcast wouldn't be in month two. Well, it's my pleasure to help. It's one of those things that uh, kind of fought through the pains of figuring that out on our own. And um, when you reached out, I was happy to Happy to at least tell you what I had learned over the last oh, six months or however long, I guess it's been longer than that, nine months we've been doing this, so enjoying the show and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I mean, when I first heard a full disc, I was at the Canyon and I met James and Nick over there and we had a pretty fun time and then I just got the idea of, hey, you know what, we're in this global pandemic, let's, let's make the world a little bit smaller place and let's start a podcast for the aviation nerds like you and me. Yep. And so I texted James, who then told me to text you, and I just kind of all fell into place from there, and I think it's going great so far. I know we have some pretty awesome fans that have been listening and sending me those profiles, what I set out to do. So like I said, thank you guys so much for uh, what you did to help me get this thing moving. Yeah, that's kind of the, I mean, that's really the same reason we started the Full Disc Podcast, was just an opportunity to get together and talk about aviation and photography um we've been fortunate to have a lot of photography guests and and also some that weren't even photogs at all that just uh you know share the same love of aviation and it's just kind of one of those things we're able to get together and and shoot the bull about it so yeah you've got some pretty pretty impressive guests on there and you guys had some pretty cool media stuff also with that but um anyway let's get uh to the podcast so let's uh let's get to know you a little bit. So where you're from, how you got into aviation, and uh, and yeah, what are your other hobbies besides that? Sure, um, I like you said earlier, I am from Wichita, Kansas, um, better known as the air capital of the world. <laughs> uh, it's things are a little slow right at the moment, but uh, for those that don't know, with Wichita, it's kind of the really the birthplace of um, you know a lot of aviation as we know it. Clyde Cessna, Walter Beach. Lloyd Stearman all uh, all originated here um, with the Travel Air Company and all branched out and did their own thing. Um, Bill Lear then later on in time brought the Learjet to town and um, uh, and and Stearman turned into into Boeing at some point. So 
there's a lot of aviation industry here in this town and kind of grew up around it. My grandfather uh, was a private pilot, quit flying right around the age of 90. And um, my first ride was, I believe, when I was two months old. Kind of funny that I spent the better part of my growing up years having all the opportunity in the world to fly, and I was afraid of it. And don't really know why that was the case. I loved aviation. I loved the idea of it. I loved going to air shows. I loved sitting in the plane and all that. But I was scared to death of flying. When I got, oh... I got a little bit older, well, especially when I was in college. Um, a friend of mine um, had his pilot's license, and that kind of jogged my memory of, of my younger years. And um, so probably more than anything, that just kind of put a bug in the back of my head that something I wanted to do was, you know, A, get over the fear of flight and, um, you know, try it out. And fast forward a few years later when I graduated from Kansas State, moved back to Wichita, and... Um, I, uh, the company I was working for, um, we had a company trip or a, a manufacturer that came to pick us up to take us up to the Racine, Wisconsin area for a factory tour that uh, made light fixtures. And I, I went to the airport FBO and I'm sitting there in the pilot's lounge waiting for, uh, I didn't know what was picking me up, but turns out a private jet was coming to pick just me up. Oh, and, wow. uh, and they, it was already loaded with people that they'd stopped by in Kansas City and, and picked them up and... Um, you know, probably more than anything, I spent that trip being intrigued by what was going on in the cockpit than the fact that I was in a private jet as <laughs> the rest of the crew was. So, you know, kind of make a long story short, got home. I think it was the following spring. Pretty sure it was. Yeah. Um, I finally just said, I'd, I'd recently proposed to my wife and I said, you know, if I don't get this license now, I know there's going to be a hundred other excuses that pop up in the way for keeping me from doing it. So I went down to one of the local flight schools and at the time was able to get a student loan for low interest and um, started flying. And um, about six months later, I wound up with my private pilot certificate and the rest is kind of history from there. Along those same lines, right around that same time, in fact, I literally got a uh, got a notification in my time hop here today that about 13 years ago was when I bought my first digital SLR, and that oh, wow. just happened to kind of coincide with right around the same time that I started developing that interesting interest in flying, and um, you know, we'll probably get into it here in a little bit, but um, I I really kind of I started doing photography, just something fun to do. Um, had a uh, a planned trip to uh, to New York City with my soon to be wife, and at the time I was single and had a good job, and so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go buy a camera. Went to the uh, the local Best Buy store and I bought one. The everything I you know I was learning to do with that had nothing to do with aviation until um, there was a an air show nearby. And um, I wound up going to that and just happened to take my camera along and have some of the world's furthest away photos of aircraft. <laughs> and um, But it, it literally, the, the two kind of went hand in hand. The, the more I flew, um, probably the more that I decided to do the photography along the way. And um, it all probably kind of came full circle probably a year or so later when um, I went to Oshkosh and 
took the camera with me and didn't know what I was doing, but I was there for three days and carrying my camera around. So there's lots of stuff to take photos of. So yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of the kind of the early years about um, you know how I got into this, and um, obviously a lot has happened since then. But uh, that's kind of the start to it. So so growing up in in Wichita, then being around all the aviation. And the general aviation, too, I would suppose would be a lot bigger than just like normal commercial aviation there. And that really never propelled you at a very, like an early age, like, hey, I want to get my license in, in high school or, or earlier than that. You, you waited a little yeah, bit, huh? Yeah, um, and I should clarify, I grew up in a, in a very small town, probably you know, 80 miles southwest of Wichita. Oh, okay. Um, but nevertheless, um, my grandfather, he lived in a slightly larger town 30 miles north of us and flew every weekend um, yeah and so it was always the ability to do that um he he built these incredible um from scratch home-built aircraft and uh he actually won a, a wright brothers award for um for one of them back in i want to say it was 1987 ish something like that wow um, and so, like I said, I was just always around it. Um, he wound up being an aerobatics pilot in the plane that he built. Um, so, you know, we'd do some of the local air shows and things like that. But, um, you know, I was always interested in it. But just like I said, for whatever reason, it just kind of, I don't know. I was just scared of leaving the this ground. This wasn't clicking back then. Um, but what's funny, though, once when I actually did start taking lessons, I it never really scared me. Something obviously changed. I mean, I can probably say the same thing for firecrackers. I was afraid of those when I was little, and you know, <laughs> now I'm a 37-year-old child that wants to go out and blow stuff up. So, But, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, there's you know, aviation was in the DNA. It just, um, uh, you know, the actual leaving the ground part was um, was a challenge for me when I was little. So I, I guess yeah. I just did never, did never pursue that until, uh, you know, like I said, I was in college, and I really did have an interest in pursuing it at that point, but just didn't have the funds available to do it. And um, yeah. also just trying to get my degree and whatnot. So just didn't happen until a little bit later. But fortunately for me, it was not too late. And you have it now, and I have mine. So if you're making your way up here, we can uh, I'll take you yep, up. Likewise. Up here in Idaho. Sweet. You've been doing aviation photography for around 13 years then from when I got with that. And uh, you consider Wichita your home airport, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, I fly out of a out of our kind of our GA airport known as uh, Jabara uh, named after Colonel James Jabara who was the first jet ace of the United States back in Korea. Oh wow. Um, that's where I fly out of but the one that I would still call my home airport is uh, Lloyd Stearman Field. Um, it's a small I say small it's, uh, it's I think 5200 foot um, runway um, open to some some jet traffic, um, and it's located just northeast of Wichita in a small town called Benton, Kansas. Fun fact about it, there was a movie filmed back in, I want to say, the late 60s called The Gypsy Moths that had Gene Hackman in it uh, that was filmed at this little airport. But uh, huh. it, in fact, if you follow me on Instagram, especially now where there's no air shows going on, um, I would say 80% of my content is just me rolling up to the airport and... <laughs> um, there's there's a lot of steermen based on the field. I've got a lot of good friends that that have them, and and uh, so it's not uncommon on a on a evening to go out there and have three, four, five of them be bopping around in the pattern and smoking wow, the field and stuff like that. So steermen field is my cool. home airport as far as as far as my heart goes. Yeah, um, 
Have they ever taken you up one yeah. of those Germans? Yep, I've been up. Uh, oh, that must be been fun. Up a couple times, done a couple air to air missions, and uh, with them and from them as well. So cool. And uh, Bombardier mm-hmm. also makes some of their business jets in Wichita too, right? Yeah, Bombardier, um, and they actually I don't know how I don't remember the history of it, but Bombardier owns uh, the Learjet brand. Um, so that's how that actually came okay. to be. Um, but then they've also brought some of their Canadair products um, down here. And um, so it's kind of all just one one big mix. But at our at our main airport, uh, Eisenhower National, basically on the east side of the, of the campus, you have Textron Aviation, which is Cessna and Beechcraft Gargantuan. Um, now, now put together. So cats and dogs living together. And then on the other side <laughs> is uh, the Bombardier campus, which was was Learjet, and now, like I said, is Bombardier. Yeah, I remember seeing some test flights with the uh, Global 7500 from going from Wichita to Boise yep. every so often back a couple of years ago. But um, so, what are your other hobbies besides aviation photography? Oh man, um, right now being a a uh, father of two and a uh, husband <laughs> of one is probably my my main <laughs> other hobby. Yeah. Um, my fun stuff revolves around aviation and photography, and then the rest of it's just kind of, uh, you know, watching my kids grow up and, and hanging out with my family. Yeah, lots of time to do that now. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, we all, you know, well, I think the majority of the states were in the lockdown mode and all that. And it, it's probably brought a lot of people together, which which is really nice, especially kind of here, too. My dad was working from home for a while, and even though I was still working my job it's it was always just kind of nice to be a little closer with my dad and all that for sure so we uh we actually moved to a uh the house that we live in now um about oh, about a year and a half ago and fortunately enough it's about six minutes away from Stearman field so really anytime i just want to oh. go i'll just literally grab one body and one lens and just go up there and see what i can <laughs> find out but uh uh that's that's been the other nice part i've i'm just i'm about sick of doing uh landscaping projects because we're about to <laughs> run out of everything that we could have ever wanted to do to our backyard so <laughs> yeah all right that's a good lead and see us grab a camera body and a lens yeah. huh so let's let's talk all about right. the cameras so what do you have and what do you kind of use a, uh, i'm a nikon user i i, I kind of stopped short knowing we were coming here with this question but uh i Back 13 years ago, right around now, is when I went to Best Buy, and I was like, I'm going to buy a camera. I had no idea what I was going to get, and I talked to one of the salespeople there who assured me that he didn't work on commission, and he told me that he likes the Nikon just a little bit more than the Canon. So I said, okay, sounds good to me. And like with any good thing, you get so invested in all that equipment that uh, changing out really just it's never been too much of a question for me so i've been been riding the nikon wave i uh, i started with a d40 and then moved up to a d90 and then a d600 which i still have and then most recently purchased the d500 so for those that don't know the d600 is a it's kind of their first full frame um prosumer camera it did a lot of nice stuff, but at the same time wasn't to the level of the, I don't know if it was probably the D4S at the time that was their their pro line. But plastic body, but full frame, really good in low light for the time. Um, but it's it's seen better days now, a little bit slower. But 
it treated me really well, so I, I hang on to it as a as a full frame. And uh, my most recent, which I purchased about a year and a half ago, was the uh, the D five hundred, and um, it is just incredibly fast. Uh, it's a crop sensor, but to anybody that says that you need a full frame to shoot aviation photography, I'm just going to wholeheartedly disagree with that because you just really don't. Um, especially if what you're shooting is, um, you know, in the air, you're cropping in already to begin with. So to have a 24 megapixel camera or 21, I can't remember what it is. It's 20 something. Um, that's already a crop sensor. Uh, it's really more than, more than enough. And, um, this thing spits out about 10 frames a second. And wow. um, if you follow any of the any of the stuff that I like to do, I'm a firm believer in having a lot of motion in my photos, which means I like to have a really yep. slow shutter. And anybody that does shoot a lot of slow shutter stuff um, and tells you that, yeah, I got it on the first shot or I took one shot and got this is, I'm pretty convinced, <laughs> not telling the truth. I'm, I'm here yeah. to publicly announce to the world that I shoot a lot and I throw a lot away, but... The small percentage of keepers that I do have, um, you know, for me, uh, make it all worthwhile. Uh, at any rate, that kind of covers the the two bodies that I have. Um, I I have a Sigma twenty four to seventy that I usually use on the full frame um, for some static stuff, uh, a little wider. And I have a Tamron seventy to two hundred that is more of a portrait lens um like to be able to crunch the crunch the depth of field down with an aperture of 2.8 and and get some get some fun stuff there um that's also my predominant air-to-air lens it's pretty lightweight um one thing i wish it had that it doesn't is image stabilization so that's kind of on the list uh, at some mm. point is to upgrade my 70 to 200 to probably the probably the newer sigma and um then my my baby right now is the Sigma 60 to 600. Um, that's the one that they, I don't know how long it's been out, but for me, it's, uh, I've had it for about six months now and it should have been well put through its paces, but the pandemic happened and, um, it really hasn't. Um, I've, yeah, but I, I pretty well leave that and the D 500 just married together all the time. Um, with that, the, on the wide angle of having the the 60 millimeter even on a full frame it's amazing what you can capture with that and um so yeah. you know and having really effectively 10 times zoom with the 60 to 600 uh it's a really solid build uh my my favorite part about it is actually the uh the foot on the the bottom of the lens is about a full hand grip so you can if you hook it up to your uh your camera strap like the one that i've got that carries everything upside down you can really just hold on to the whole camera body and keep it from banging into your legs or whatever which is just a nice thing to have and was an upgrade from the two finger grip that i had on on the uh 150 to 600 that i previously had yeah the sigma lens that i had the 50 to 500 had that same kind of grip you know i could actually you know i got i got some pretty big hands and i could actually i could just right. carry it mm -hmm. like a carry handle and now with the 100 to 400 i have it's like a little yep. two finger one so i had a a new strap quick detach mm -hmm. sling strap and played on the camera and bam that's that's my go-to now and so it's really nice i was actually looking at a d550 
to kind of get my feet wet in the full frame Nikon, but I just said, you know what, I, I've, I've done enough, I think I'm just going to go straight to what I want, which is the 5D, and I'm glad I did. Let's, let's kind of move it on here. What is your favorite airport to go out and take photos from? It's kind of a loaded question. Locally, it's Stearman Field. And um, globally, it's going to be Whitman Regional in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. That's my, that's my happy place. Um, sad I don't get to go there this year, but, but I mean, kind of yeah. for two different reasons. You know, the EAA boasts, you know, it's the spirit of aviation. And it's just one of those things that until you go there and you experience it, you kind of don't understand what that means. Because it really, there's just something special about being in a place with over 10,000 aircraft and, you know, an attendance of five to 600,000 people. And, you know, and it's God. not like going to a concert. It's, you know, it, it, the people that are there want to be there because it's really, it's not a cheap event to go to, you know, especially if you're coming from afar. But even the folks that live there, it's still, I don't remember, it's 25 or $30 a day to attend. And so, yeah, you know, you don't get a lot of, um, a lot of people that you know just want to say hey i'll just go check this out so people are you know they're well intended for being there and um it's it's really incredible and i think part of also what makes it special you know my my grandfather um as i mentioned he he started taking me um when i started working on my license and he had been going since before it was even located in oshkosh and, you know, so it had been oh, just wow. a part of my life. I'd heard about it and seen all the pictures and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, for ages, but had never been. So, you know, I've been literally every year since 2008 to, it was probably three years ago, I guess now, um, I got asked to join the um, volunteer photo team for EAA. And that... Um, oh, wow. That just, that's something that was honestly a goal that I had set for myself a few years back when I started taking this more seriously. That I really wanted to somehow get to the point where my stuff was quality enough that I could get that invite. And I worked really hard at that goal. And when that happened, it was just kind of one of those things that was just special to me. And, um, yeah. So, um, Osh 18 was my first year working for them and I was only there for three days I think it was and um, you know really just trying to figure out the ropes because it's a it's a whole different thing where you are trying to shoot all day then get content available for them to post during the event because that's the whole purpose that you're there there's a lot that'll get used after the fact but most of it is to be a part of the team so that they can push out what they're doing to the membership that isn't there. Um, just, you know, to push it out all over the world. So that's, you know, I've never been a photojournalist and it really opened my eyes to a lot of different things where the first year I was there, I would go and I'd shoot all day and then I would spend the all evening just trying to get my cards dumped. And then I'd stay up till two or three in the morning editing, you know, just to, get a few photos dumped and this past year i learned my lesson and so i'd go shoot for a couple hours come back dump the cards go back out and shoot and um it was able to crank through a lot more stuff but with being on the on the photo team the the coolest part was the access 
because there's a lot of people yeah. there and um there's what they call the burn line where they just literally have have burnt the grass and you're not allowed to go past that but um working for eaa you get uh, a lot of latitude and being effectively in the air show box with um you know the likes of class of 45 um lopes hope uh the xp82 the raptor demo team uh, you know just all this kind of stuff is just gosh it was really cool and um so looking forward very much to doing that again next year but uh kind of make a to make a long story short you know that's that's my my global favorite place to go but even here locally um steerman field um it's there's no fence around it it's a private private owned public use airport it's got a restaurant on the field um got some very good friends that fly out of there so i just go hang out and um you know i've worked a lot of connections where i can go stand in somebody's front yard that happens to be right next to the runway and you know when you're literally (laughs) shooting from you know eight feet off the pavement you can get some different different looks of things that you don't get elsewhere yeah i agree with you a hundred percent is having that sort of access at eaa oshkosh i can guarantee you probably just made a lot of people jealous right there too with the amount of access that you have uh yeah for sure it's uh it it's one of those deals that i i i know how fortunate that i that i am with that because you know for i don't know probably seven years i was just you know i'd show up and be incredibly uh, let's just call it what it is jealous of those that were in that position yeah it's it's cool it's one of those things that literally you know as soon as the event's over with i'm looking forward to the next year and uh you know this it's making this year extra challenging for me because it's literally the thing that you know outside of spending time with my family that i look forward to the most and um the fact that it's not happening you know it sucks but next year will just be that much better absolutely and i hope the air shows i canceled this year will come back and be absolutely stunning next year or whenever they come back so what's real quick now what is your favorite airplane to spot you know i've probably got to go with the hometown favorite uh the b29 dock also happens to be based out of wichita and so that's right that's probably the other thing that you know whenever there's a an event going on um i'll either hear through the grapevine or again friends um that help me out know that they're going to fly and um try to put myself in the right spot for it i've i uh my my day job had me uh doing a lot of work at our airport and um so i'd made a lot of connections over over the years with uh, some of the airport ops people and things like that so um you know as long as you know you don't overplay your hand and don't over ask for things um usually they're able to accommodate getting you out to the hold line or the end of the mauser or anything like that where you know try to get a get a unique angle on something there's other times that i don't do that there's other times that i just drive around the airport trying to find a new spot where i can go hang out and see what happens but um but nevertheless having doc here is is just been been really cool i i wasn't involved in any of the restoration or anything like that i was only just aware of it very much on on my periphery um that was right around the time that i was actually that i had moved to, to wichita and um oh i want to say it's probably a year before they got before they first flew you know they started getting kind of more 
more news about engine runs and taxi tests and things like that. And that was also the time that I started to get way more serious about aviation photography being, you know, something more than just a hobby. And uh, so I started yeah. paying more close attention. And um, fortunately, again, through through another friend, I wound up with an invite to the uh, um, the first flight ceremony. So I was there on the field when when it lifted oh, wow. off, and and uh, you know just um, it was it was really cool to see, and um, you know it, it really kind of kind of is the epitome of the spirit of Wichita because that plane literally rolled off the factory floor here in I believe nineteen I don't know if it was forty four or forty five um, believe the government took possession in forty five, um, and then you know served its time. It did not fly in the war and wound up in China Lake as a as a bombing target for the Navy. And, you know, Tony Mazzolini procured the thing and they trucked it all back to Wichita in many, many pieces that they had to get through the desert. And, um, you know, for many years through volunteer effort and donations of people, there's not one big owner of this conglomeration. Um, you know, they rebuilt it back to a better than new B-29 he's gorgeous the best way i can describe it so um it's hard to miss any time that you hear the uh the four r3350s flying over the house so i guess to make a long story short to answer your question doc has got to be my favorite airplane to spot that is that's an amazing story that aircraft i remember watching the first flight and just seeing doc lift off again or for the first time i should say and um uh, were you at Oshkosh then in 2018? That was the same year where Doc and um, Fifi flew together, right? That was the first formation of a B-29. Uh, that was, that the, was 50s, the following right? year. Yeah, they uh, the first flight okay. was, let's see, 20, 2016. Um, and, yeah, it was 2016. 2017 was, in, was the year in Oshkosh when they were both there. Um, and um okay i mean i know from insider information that it was they were really hoping to make a surprise trip to oshkosh that first year but they literally first flight was like i want to say two weeks before oshkosh and they had a whole bunch of squawks that they had to fix um in fact they had to land yeah they, they took off and literally didn't even leave the pattern didn't get the gear up or anything on that first flight because they had a chip light on one of their engines pop up so they had a whole bunch of stuff they had to fix so i know that there was just a little bit of of anticipation that they might be able to make a surprise trip to oshkosh but that didn't happen and uh but uh, it made it worthwhile in 2017 which happened to be the year of the bomber at oshkosh which was really cool oh i saw the the heritage or mm-hmm. the flight with the b2 yep. the b1 and the b52 then the b17s and then the b29s yeah. it's like yep exactly <laughs> only only at oshkosh yep, probably and uh, you know one of the other cool things that we saw that year at Oshkosh that you know wasn't wasn't really at least I didn't expect it but um, at the end of the Warbird performance all of a sudden you kind of look off over the lake and you see a, a flight of something um, coming and then you realize that oh, that looks like two B-29s and then a little gets a little bit closer and you're like well they're they're also flanked by two B-25s and they did a missing man with Fifi being the missing man pulling up right over the crowd and like when you see a missing oh man with you know that involved you know not just one b29 but two of them which was really one of those unforgettable things for me for sure 
Yeah, and just uh, the 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 P2V Neptune used to be a f- huge fire bomber out here, and that had the same engines on it as the B29. So being able to see the P2V before uh, Neptune Aviation retired their 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 Neptunes, just being able to hear that radial echoing over the Boise Airport for the summer along with those Westinghouse engines was just an absolutely was beautiful noise to hear and i can also vouch for you you know seeing that aircraft fly for the first time or or just being the pride of a city we have the uh, warhawk air museum here in nampa and we have uh, and there are two p40s a p51c owned by the warhawk and they restored them and i grew up with them as kids i remember going to the museum as a kid and seeing the sneak attack and now parrot head and there's pictures of me as a little boy standing in front of those aircraft and now i take pictures of them every time they fly but it's just that sense of there there's there's a part of the community and stuff and plus with the um with with mark peterson owning two p51s diamondback and heller bust it's just it's just really cool to have a massive warbird community here in idaho especially with actually a lot of rich aviation too so i I really do understand where you're coming from especially with doc from that point of view it's it's nice to you know have a warbird around that flies to be honest with you yeah it's just gives that sense of it's it's kind of like a a symbol a memorial for those that sacrificed during that time of conflict uh, whether it be you know the f-86s or or the mustangs it just it just keeps the memory of those of those men alive that that died or never came home yeah and And that's 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 part of doc's mission is obviously for you know for those that that fought but um you know part of the thing that they added to it for the city that you know i think is just a really nice thing is uh you know to as a tribute to all of the people that put in the effort to build the things you know i mean there were families uprooted and you know um housewives that went to work and um that's actually one of the really cool stories about doc is there there is a a lady named connie palacio that she was a volunteer on doc and i don't remember her age but you can probably do the math and figure it out um but she when she was a a young lady wound up um on the assembly line at Boeing, Wichita, and built the um, some portion of the nose cone of Doc because she did them all, and um, so and then she also wow. very you know did everything she could do um, trying to get the the restoration done as well. So I mean that's kind of a kind of a neat deal that she not only built oh, Doc man. once but built Doc twice. So that's always I love those stories. Those are just really cool. You know they that aircraft's back and. Man, they're they're back on yeah. that factory floor, yeah. fixing her it's back up and getting pretty her ready special. to fly. I'm just going to switch things up here. Um, do you do you even have a least favorite airplane to take a picture of? You know, I I am not into um, I'm not into commercial aviation very much. I've got some family that has a house out in Vegas, so spend a fair amount of time out there. You know, just. Really, it's probably the only time I would consider what I do as spotting, you know, just because it's just something else to do, um, yeah. you know, to go find different spots around the around the airport and shoot from outside the fence. Um, you know, those are, 
it's interesting because there's mountains and it's landlocked and and whatnot but um you know it's just not it's not for me yeah um but i met up with some people out there i knew from instagram flying pencil aviation and vegas planes and um yeah terrell can't remember the other one but at any rate i apologize at any rate I was just out shooting in a parking lot, and they were standing in the bed of their truck shooting. And, um, you know, I'm like an old grandpa compared to those guys. They were youngsters. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, they they had a passion for that stuff that I didn't have. And I sure as heck don't, I don't look down on anything like that because that's passion. That's great. I'll, I'm, it's not for me. It's more for you. But, you know, that's... I love seeing the fact that, you know, they were like, oh, you know, uh, this yada yada version of something's coming in right now. Okay, cool. You know, and, and you know, that's just their thing. They wanted <laughs> to get photos of of this particular aircraft to add to the database of aircraft. And I'm looking for a different angle on just trying to shoot an aircraft. So it's just two different things. There's nothing, you know, yeah. right about one and wrong about the other. It's just, just two different... Uh, Two different ways to look at that. So, uh, generally speaking, you know, I would I would say for me, it's just probably anything commercial. Just doesn't doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, it's I understand that too. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I mean, you got guys that just solely shoot military low levels, and you guys that just go out to their local airport and just solely shoot whatever comes in. And you know, I start with commercial, yeah. and you know, I love shooting both. That's you know, it's everybody's preference. And, you know, you kind of start somewhere. And I guess you started yeah. with the general aviation, I, I would assume, and, and with Oshkosh and all that. And, but, um, yeah, moving on, what is the rarest airplane you've ever spotted oh, or taken a picture um, of, I should say? Well, I'm probably going to say the XP82 at Oshkosh last year because there's only one of them. Um, I'm sure yeah. that there's others that are probably the only one. But that's the one that I'll say this much. That's the one that I had the probably seventeen thousand dollars worth of camera equipment in my hand for when it flew by, and I happened to be right at the hold line. So I'm gonna go with the XP eighty two. That aircraft is absolutely a technological yeah. engineering marvel, and I cannot wait to see that in person. And apparently, she is going to Madras, Oregon really? now. Huh. If I'm correct in saying. I believe the Ericsson Aero Collection really? has acquired I her. I didn't know that. I may be wrong. I probably am wrong, but I heard I heard the rumors that um, huh. she's going to Madras. So that'd be kind of cool because John and Sue Paul at the Warhawk Air Museum they they sometimes get some of those yeah. Madras birds over here for their Warbird Roundup. And oh my, well, how much do I love to see yeah, that plane at Nampa? Definitely. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. You know the. I'll probably get crucified for saying this, but the H model P51 and the XP82 are um, fugly. Is the best way I can describe them. Um, I, I I love them. The H model is an interesting yeah. P51. It just I don't know something about the body shape. You know, from the from the side view, just doesn't do it for me. But nevertheless, you know they're ultra rare and super cool. So. Love them both, but they're yeah. ugly. Yeah, I know that H model was here at the Warbird Roundup last year. It's actually really cool. The Warhawk, uh, it's called the Warbird Roundup for anybody listening in, in the southern Idaho area or around that area. Um, every August-ish, the Warhawk puts on a, a roundup called the Warbird Roundup, and it's grown substantially in size over the past years. But last year, 
they had every single variant of the P51 Mustang, except mm-hmm. for the XP82. I mean, they had the the A model, the B model, C model, D model, TF51, and the H model. And it was absolutely incredible to see. Granted, the, the C model, the Boise B, she didn't fly. Uh, they had a belly up in Lewiston, Idaho during, uh, during an, a fly-in earlier that year. So she's had some damage and wasn't able to fly her. But otherwise, every single variant of that P, the P-51 was at that air show. And then the H model and A model went up at the same time, which was this awesome to see both ends of single-engine Mustang. Yeah, I've got uh, Oshkosh last year. Didn't have an A model, but uh, EAA has the prototype Mustang. So Connor Madison, yeah. my friend that, uh, that I work for up there when I do, um, he had arranged this uh, this shoot using uh, the models that he had built of all of the aircraft and aligned it up in Warbird Alley. And so they went and set up the aircraft, and he was up in a boom lift for the photo of it at sunset. And I I didn't, I wasn't in the boom lift, but at least got one from the ground. But it basically had the the XP-82 in the back and then the, um, the prototype P-51 in the front, and it was flanked by uh, Lopes Hope, the H model, obviously a D, and I can't remember what else, but I'd have to go back and look. But I think really the only thing that was missing was an A model. It was just like, man, was, where else do you go man. to see all this just, you know, parked on the same piece of pavement? Only in Oshkosh. Only in Oshkosh. All right. So the next question is, what you know, what events and or location outside of General Airport Spot and <laughs> we've already established. I'm a, I want to go off on a limb that your favorite event uh-huh. is Oshkosh. So. What is your second favorite event and or location outside of General Airport uh, to go I'm take I'm going to have to go with uh, Plains of Fame in Chino, California. That is a um, great one as well. I have not been to Chino before, believe it or not, but I, I was going to go this year, and uh, yep. yeah, we all know how that turned out. But like I said, you know, with the Warhawk, the Warhawk has a very good relationship with Plains of Fame. Like half the stuff from for the yeah. roundup comes from Chino. It uh, the the really cool thing about Chino, it's it's a blessing and a curse because unfortunately, and I mean I get why they do it, but they start the air show at like eleven in the morning and it's literally nonstop flying. I mean it just there's something in the air until six o'clock or five o'clock or whatever time it is, probably four o'clock. But the problem is, is that that light at that time of day just sucks. You know yeah. they they launch the the pea shooter and you know um, rest his soul you know the the flying wing was you know had unfortunately crashed last year yeah uh, literally right before before the show um, but they launch all that stuff yeah. and yeah. then you know a bunch of p47s and just stuff like that that was amazing but it was just literally high noon hot uh, you know the photos are just you know, I have a photo of them, but other than that, you know, they're just nothing to nothing to write home about too much. Um, and as as the show yeah. goes on, and you know, later in the afternoon, things get to be considerably better. But you know, that's that's the curse of it. The blessing of it is that if you look at the runways at Chino, um, they're not perpendicular to one another, but they cross each other kind of on an angle. And so what that gives is a ramp that curves. So the pattern that all of these aircraft fly, it's literally a banana pass every pass. 
which is super cool because you're not just getting huh. this straight and level somebody flying by. You're getting a banana pass every time, so you're getting kind of that top side shot. You know, lots of lots of prop blur, lots of noise. You know, <laughs> one thing I don't like about air shows is smoke. You know, it looks neat for a while, but after you know, after a little bit, you're just like, all right, I'm smoked out. I especially as a photographer, it just kind of ruins a lot if the wind's blowing the wrong direction. But, you know, these are oh, all yeah. legit warbirds, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, they're not not loaded up with smoke. So you're just, you're catching catching things in their natural beauty, which is super cool. But, yeah, so I'm going to have to say Chino. Yeah, I agree with that. We went down to Nellis in 2000, mm-hmm. or last year, for Aviation Nation, and once the Thunderbirds went up, I think, on the first day, there's no wind, and the air was just stagnant, and so there's smoke yep. just sat there. Like, there's nothing. And it came to the point where all the photographers, I've never seen this in airship, but all the photographers yep. had their cameras down. Like, we were not taking a single photo. And I think the Thunderbirds also kind of knocked it off a little bit so they yeah. could, you know, see each other, which is kind of kind of important. That was just the most surreal moment is there's no shutter clicks at all. Like, we all just looked at each other and it's like, we, we can't take a photo. It's just, like, even, even to try and take an artistic photo... It's just impossible to because you can't see the aircraft so clearly, and just the fact that it's it's, it's whitewashed. Yeah, for out sure. Too. I was there on Sunday last year, so. Oh, you were. Yep. We should have met up. We should have because I met with uh, Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Well, on the first day. <laughs> you may need to cut this or leave it in. I don't know, but uh, you you weren't hanging out with him at all on Sunday, were you? No, I was with some other guys. We were up. We were okay. up kind of uh, near the entrance of the show. Okay. That German P three. Hey. All right. So let's. Uh, Let's give us a little spotting story, man. Anything interesting happened to you or, or just happened while you were taking photos? You know, I'm going to say this is going to be a total surprise to everybody, but it's Oshkosh related. No. Yeah. And it's it's kind of infamous now, but I've been, like I said, I've been shooting at Oshkosh for quite a while now. Got it. several of the Twilight shows under my belt. And every year that, or every every year when I'm there, because I'm never there for the whole week, so typically I only get one of the Twilight shows. But every time that I've been there, there's been what is almost going to be a perfect sunset to be foiled by clouds that popped up at the wrong time. <laughs> this past year, that changed, and there was a crazy towering thunderstorm just to the south of the field about 20 miles that just kind of hung out there with lightning and i mean just looked like popcorn clouds all over the place and i just i was sitting at at uh at my spot at the north end of the field right over by the hold line and was with my buddy ryan tykosh and um i just said you know i've done this before i was like there is going to be a cloud that's going to be tiny but it's going to pop up and it's going to ruin all of this and just me being the eternal pessimist, I guess, um, <laughs> I was rewarded for that because no little clouds popped up. And we got to witness Loco tearing it up in the Raptor at twilight with the most golden light I've ever seen against these orange and yellow and pink puffy clouds with lightning. And it's the most incredible backdrop I've ever seen you know, after a while, we just finally had to put the cameras down for just just for a little bit, just to soak up what was happening. Yeah, because uh, it was just absolutely perfect. 
is the best way I can describe it. Man, Did, was it? Didn't Dojo decide to join the party also and try to um, one up? No, Loco? not not that point. Those I've seen the photos from other photographers and yourself and Ryan, just seeing those clouds that night, which. I don't know, that must have just been the, the plane-spotting gods were smiling down upon Oshkosh. And, Indeed. Uh, it, That's dude, one I, of those things that I'm... We talked about afterwards, but I was like, we're forever going to be chasing that night. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, for the stars to align with that kind of weather and, um, you know, the, the timing of all that, you know... It, there, there will be a good time again, but I just don't know that we're going to see something like that. Yeah. Because in typical Oshkosh fashion, typically that storm would roll right through the field and cancel the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, man, let's uh, let's start wrapping her up. So, do you have any tips, words of encouragement, anything else you uh, you want to add to the listener? Sure. I uh, kind of we kind of talked about it a little bit, but dare to be different. So when you um, when you go out to shoot somewhere, you know, I'll use any air show for example. You know, everybody crowds show center. That's not the best place to be. Um, go go down to the ends. Go just try try something different. And you know, yeah, it may fail nine times out of ten, but the one time it's going to make it worth it. You know, along those same lines, make connections with people. Make connections in aviation. Um, you just never know, you know, a relationship that you've developed over the years and, and friends. You get a lot of opportunities from that. You know, my ride on dock kind of is a one example of that. My first air-to-air was another story where um, I just I got a, a call from a couple of friends, one that had a bird dog and actually had a bird dog and a steerman, and... Um, you know, they called up one one evening and said, "Hey, would you be interested in coming out and and trying an air to air shoot?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah." And you know, had I not have such good friends that take care of me that way, you know, that would have never happened. And you know, just put the time in and and get to know people, and you know, don't take advantage of people. Just you know, develop those relationships because you just never know when something's gonna gonna pop up there. So. That and uh, you know the actual uh, a, a real tip as far as uh, you know photography goes is you know if you're gonna work on the slow shutter thing don't get discouraged because like I said there's so much that that I shoot that gets thrown away I mean it's an unbelievable amount of stuff um, along those same lines don't be afraid to go out to your local airport and shoot Cessnas um, if you're gonna in order to be able to to get good at, at panning and and uh, holding still with a slow shutter and whatnot, just practice is what you need to do because it's amazing. It's it's a muscle memory thing. It's not just one of those deals where, you know, you pick it right back up and you're as good as you were, you know, when you hadn't done it for four months. So you know, take take anything that's flying or even even driving for that matter, um, cars, kids on bikes, whatever. Get out and practice. So yeah, agreed, man. And dare to be different. I love that. I I. That is such a great little phrase right there, and I encourage all the listeners to be a little bit different and don't try to be in the shadow of someone else. Get out of that shadow and be your own self and and just be different. 
yeah be be unique be someone be yourself um that was that's extremely well said and going out to local airports shooting cessnas dude i have been i've done that more this year than i have done in the past i've gone out to nampa and caldwell i've gone to go to shoot the helicopters at caldwell and the cessnas at nampa and it just brings back a sense of just is this the love for mm-hmm. just the love for for the, for for general aviation and this and the general aviation that, that made me get into aviation photography it just I, I just love it and plus every aircraft is really different out there i mean yeah there's cessnas and pipers and all that but there there, there is a difference with them yeah and that's that's what i love and just going out there and then you get to meet some of the pilots and you know you make those connections with the pilots and and then you know you might be going up with them or taking photos of that aircraft for them absolutely um, and you know so, and, and take you know it's kind of the the bobby yonkin mentality that you know either either do a, a normal air show in a or, or i'm trying to remember do an exotic air show in a normal aircraft or do a normal air show in an exotic aircraft type of deal you know yeah. if if the plane that you're shooting is not sexy, there's, you know, if it is just a 172 or something, go find an angle of it that makes it look that way. Do something yeah. different than you haven't done before. Go go stand at the end of the runway and, you know, wait for it to fly right over your head or, um, you know, any of those things. Just do your best to work your way around. Agreed. That's the one thing I love is about Nampa is there's so many different angles you can take photos from at that airport and even the Cessna's can look cool at certain angles you, do, you just got to find them absolutely so anyway man where can we find your work uh you have a Flickr. i know you have an instagram we'll, we'll mention that in a second do you have like a facebook or twitter um i you you don't upload to those airliners.net or jet photo sites correct i do not i okay. i've uh i don't know i i do this for my love and i don't want to yeah. wait for somebody to critique my photo based off of some strange criteria so absolutely absolutely that's more for somebody else um but uh my website is www.gravityimagesonline.com um my facebook um if you search for gravity images on facebook you'll find two of us i'm the one with the airplanes um you can find some of my work at fulldiscaviation.com um, I'm also have a few photos every now and again in EAA Sport Aviation magazine, and then my Instagram at gravity.images. Awesome, man! And for sure, give a I'm giving a massive shout out to Full Disc. It's not just Nick; it's a lot of other <laughs> guys out there. That Most certainly not have, just me. That have some absolutely amazing work, and they have some amazing access and amazing imagery and their own podcast so make sure to go check them out as well and go check out nick um because nick is an awesome dude as you guys have heard on there and just to be able to help me out but i'll for sure go give your facebook page a like here after this and um that's gonna do it for me on here make sure to drop me a dm on twitter and instagram send me an email at podcast at gmail.com remember to go like and follow our facebook page and send me those profiles of the people that you think should come on here and talk aviation with me on the Aviation Spotters podcast. And uh, Nick, got anything else to add? I think that's it. Awesome, man. Well, that's going to do it for me here on another episode of the Aviation Spotters podcast. And as always, keep those batteries charged and those cameras ready, and we'll catch you next time here on 
the Aviation Spotters Podcast.